0: 1. What is your favourite place in Sydney?
1: Clicking a ferry in the sunshine from uh, Circular Quay over to Manly.
0: 2. What have you learnt this week? Uh,
1: Lots of people are interested in DevOps.
0: 3. What does your name mean?
1: Uh, It's Strong Soldier.
0: 4. If you could be any character in Lord of the Rings, which would you be? Gandalf. 5. Where were you born?
1: Ireland, in a city called Limerick.
0: 6. How long have you been at Redify? 10 months. 7. What is your job title?
1: Lead consultant.
0: 8. What book has influenced you most?
1: It's called Influence, from Robert B. Kaidini.
0: 9. What was the last app you installed on your phone?
1: The Room 2.
0: 10. Have you been to see the Northern Lights?
1: So I went to see them, but uh, they weren't there that day.
0: Thanks for tuning in. My name is Khan Raja, and this is episode 7 of Getting to Know Our Redifier Consultants.
1: 92, at Christmas one of the the gifts our our family got really was a Amstrad uh, 464 and that's when I started just playing with computers.
0: Geroid Crowley is a lead consultant at Redify.
1: We basically turned it on, um, it was still on the ground, we didn't even have a desk for it, and we were uh, playing a car racing game, um, and we were playing that game, and we were just laughing at each other because we thought it was so real.
0: He's from Ireland, based in Sydney, and passionate about helping organizations build quality products with the power of automated release management.
1: And My brothers are older than I anyway, um, so they would have had these books around the place, and I would have picked one of those up and copied line for line out of it. Uh, to produce a game.
0: Today, I gave Gerard a call to talk to him about his first line of code, his many years in the industry, and what he enjoys most about working at Redify.
1: When I was going to... I suppose, college, um, I did software development, and it was from there, from the first, I'd say, classes at that point, when you realize that, all right, oh, I can build anything. When when we did software development, we used to do a lot of assembly stuff as well. We were given a challenge of, oh, we have to build a chess game using assembly code. <laughs> <laughs> Not like these students today, you can to languages, no. Uh, <laughs> no, this was assembly, and you had to write a pixel to the screen, and then you had to draw a box to represent the chessboard and then you had to draw the piece over that box and then you had to get it to be able to click and move. and that's where you get into problem solving rather than artificial intelligence. And that's where it comes into uh, the way you define problems is, uh, is as important as the way you solve them because you can do, if you define the problem a different way you can solve it easier. I did an internship when I was in uh, college. I transferred to uh, Wisconsin in the states and I worked for a company called Avista. There, I was testing aircraft software, A380, the Airbus one. They had a piece of software, and they, if they broke, the plane it would crash. So they had like testing requirements, like um, they had to test every value of an if statement, um, such that if greater than zero, they have to test every value greater than zero, which is basically testing to. Infinity. Going for 100% coverage, so that was the goal uh, off the code and ensure that it wouldn't break. Spent the summer doing that. It was good fun in Wisconsin in a town called Platteville.
0: How did Redify come onto your radar?
1: And A mate of mine was at alt.net. He said you should talk to these Redify dudes. They seem to know what they're doing and they want to do things properly. Uh, applied, did the knock-knock, uh, did all the interviews, um, met uh, Mark and Nick and all of them and then uh, joined.
0: Having been at Redify for 10 months, what have you learned about the organization?
1: They're doing so many things properly, so many things right. And I'm always going back to comparisons, and I compare compared against where I came from, which was an agency, was a brilliant environment, it was a um, really good, passionate people, all about UX in this case. Um, we had really good developers um, as well. And we had this culture of beers at five o'clock and all of that kind of thing. However, what we're missing, my opinion, was the, um, the structure around how how we manage work coming through the organization. I would say that the relevant of the projects or the clients that the mentality of the consultants is that it needs to be done properly and we need to reduce our technical data and we go into CINCD and ALM and that in itself has a consequence of quality and the consequence of clients being happy with us. So when you see that and when you see it working, you kind of go, oh, we have something good that no one else is really offering and we are we're able to achieve our targets much faster than anybody else because one we can prove it uh, and two it's uh, at the end of it you'll have something better and we can work and help and and improve that we've done a a lot of work with clients where we're moving we're trying to help or augment their operations team and migrate them to a um cloud platform like Azure. For me, we're not looking at just picking up a VM and trying it as far into a (laughs) cloud-based environment as possible. Um, We're looking at the actual items or the things like the software that's installed on them and we're looking at solutions either starting at the SaaS model for any exchange machines or moving down into the websites and actually looking at the PaaS model. From that point of view, we're not actually looking at, oh, we have a a quick win, we're actually looking at trying to give them a bit more business value Um, and this is where I think Redify kind of has a massive opportunity coming up it's um, we we can take these websites and we can move them to things like Azure App Services and then once it's there we can re-architect it to start leveraging some of the other data some of the other uh, cloud components like message and stuff like that when it's up there and you actually get full value. Uh, we can automate things, we can test that our automation scripts are working properly and it's about, and again it comes back to just doing things properly um, to, and to pr- and back to quality of uh, implementation, it's how do I prove that my ALM scripts work or my um, build scripts work I test them and uh, and that that comes back to again discipline and what uh, Redify are are doing in for the, the development space and the in particular software development space, but just adding another piece onto it is called uh, like uh, infrastructure or adding another piece onto it called like provisioning, uh, and that that kind of stuff is in just in the last six years has become accessible because of the Azure data centers located in Australia and they it becomes something that we can easily or uh, gravitate towards um, uh, because we're doing it already, um, just not to the level of provision. I would I would kind of suggest that um, organizations are looking at the current um, wait times in each of the queues of their out their software development life cycles, such that when I'm creating a new application, what's the slowest thing? and that's currently slowest thing is probably infrastructure um, and now they're looking at alright so if we reduce the time it takes to produce or to provision infrastructure then our time to market or lovely marketing terms um will be much faster. What's the slowest thing of the whole process? It might be a two-week wait time for a firewall rule. And you're going, well, that shouldn't happen. Maybe we should look at automating that. <laughs> Not really the amount of time it takes to provision. It's the amount of time sat, sat waiting in a queue. You just really have to ask, why can't I move to production on day one?
0: Often we talk about queues and then we talk about busyness and how they're completely separate things because you can have a whole bunch of stuff in a queue and nothing's going anywhere. It's interesting to see how it relates to uh, DevOps operations and infrastructure provisioning, uh, this idea of queues and prioritization. is there. Are there any books or...?
1: The other book, uh, for me, being the Phoenix Project, if you've... Mm. Um, you ever read it or uh, personal Kanban people use the coffee shop as a as an example as in if I was in a going ordering a coffee and I there's a person at the the counter who's taking orders and then there's a person at the coffee machine making the coffee and then there's a person distributing the coffee at the end (laughs) Um, they don't Kind of go well. Take all the orders first, and then once you're done, we'll take all the. Uh, I'll make all the coffee, and once I've made all the coffee, I'll hand it out. Um, and that that doesn't really work. That kind of visibility um, to what is your 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 slowest process, mm. and just calling that out and putting it up in big board.
0: What is a common mistake that? people in the tech industry make when it comes to managing their time
1: uh doing too many things at once and as soon as you start limiting your work in process um you start working faster and you get more done and achieved Mm. and it's not the answer to everything it's just saying these are things that happen in organizations and i recognize myself in that
0: yeah yeah, this is part of the thing we need to be good at solving.
1: Yeah, so I threw a dinner party. It was uh, Christmas in July. And every other year, we just wrote notes and we did tick boxes to say what was going on. And this year, um, and now we were cooking something like 22 dishes um, for about well, 12, to 15 people over the course of basically two days Mm -hmm. and knowing what's going on was near impossible and every other year we were just frantic and not spending time we're basically in the kitchen while our guests were eating this year I introduced Kanban, as it were. I put up sticky notes on our fridge about all the dishes and what stage the dishes were at. And as a consequence, I spent probably 80% of the time with all the guests. And that was just by, and I wasn't doing anything differently. I just knew what was going on. And I wasn't, I had no last minute issues. And it's really about going, well, this is my problem. There's 22 dishes that need to go from not cooked to on the table. Um, what's the process?
0: What was the column?
1: It was like ingredients purchased. um, And then it would say in in the, uh, or cooking or baking. And then it would say it's prepped. And then it'd say that it's um, on the table. So you could make like ice cream the day before. So we went, all right, so on Tuesday, let's see all the items we can cook today. So you can then say yes this is prepped but it's not ready to put on the table because there's no one sitting at the table um, so <laughs> you can kind of get into a flow and as, as I said the result was 80% instead of like 10% of the time I was sitting at the table it was 80% of the time I was sitting at the table and the food was better I would, I would expect less burnt stuff
0: dude that's awesome Um, All right, well, Geroid, thank you so much for your time and helping me out with this project, and um, I'm looking forward to speaking to you again soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for your time as well.
0: Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, there we have it. This has been Episode 7 of Getting to Know Our Redify Consultants with Geroid Crowley. I'm Khan Raja. Thanks for listening.